Coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. Yeah, some creepy stuff in there. That part with something that looked like his Uncle Paul pulling him out of the window at night from the second story. Yeah. Reminds me, I used to have, quote, dreams of an imposter version of Grandma Parfit. She would stand outside the glass door to the porch, tapping on the glass, asking me to let her in. There seems to be this kind of theme with imposter entities in a dream kind of hypnagogic state that they can mimic a relative or something. When you're a child, there's something dark and deeper to it. Jeremy, it's Grandma. Let me in. I turn to the garage, and my dead grandfather is standing in the garage. What? Holding a shovel. It was bizarre. I never imagined him being like, you know, the shoveling type. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because oftentimes you hear stories that are like, it was such a peaceful moment. Like I knew that my mother or my grandfather was connecting with me and telling me it was going to be okay. This is like, this is my shovel. Why is it in Henry's garage? (laughs) Henry's garage. And as I was laying there, all my lights were off in my room. And then I remember my room sort of lighting up, almost like a glow of some kind. And I remember hearing this whisper, shh, he's sleeping. Ooh, super creepy. Sounds like a portal. A group of unknown entities looking in on you. Exactly. Maybe his bedroom just happened to be some sort of gateway. There's like a guy who's like in control of this doorway. If you will all look to your left, we have a Jared sleeping comfortably (laughs) in his blanket. I felt something in the room. I felt drawn to look up in the corner. And there was a baby. It just seemed to start happening to her. She didn't really buy into energy healing or Reiki and then um, had this experience. Yeah, that's intense. There's something else out there. Well, let's move along for now. This is uh, an account we got a while back. Um, This is an interesting one. Let's do it. All right, so this one's a little weird. Sasquatch, homunculus, alien races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. Close the door, injury. Close your door. What's the uh, inner earth disagreements? Ghost dad. <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, magicians are demons, specters, spirits, sleep paralysis, strange disappearances, sky whale phenomena, yes. alternative history, shadow people. Shh, quiet, I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeist. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf towers. I would never talk about it. That's old. Y2K. Cover ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello. Hello. Welcome, listeners. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Strange Listener Stories 7. Hello? Welcome. I'm Jeremy. I'm John. I'm Christian. And let's get into it. Are you Christian? Is that your thing now? Sometimes. It depends on what mood I'm in. I like to identify as my full name or my... You sounded very confused when you said that. You go, I'm, I'm Chris. Chris. Well, I just got back from the dentist and I always give them my full name because it makes me feel more secure when I'm with a dentist if he says my full name for some reason. Why? I don't know. I like I'm being, I don't know, taken care of. Like I'm, it's like when you're born, you're given your like, full name. Like it's Jonathan. like the government. No, it's the yeah, dentist. Like, you, like are you going for a loan? 
<laughs> Wait, you just said the government now you're talking about the- Well, anything like official, like where they need your full name. I mean, name. more like medical. Like if someone says to me, Christian, we're going to take good care of you. The fact that they say my full name, I feel like I'm oh. in good hands, basically. Okay. I don't know why. They're going to take care of all of you, including your full name. They're not going to leave out the chin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we wouldn't want to leave that chin behind. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome, yes. We're going to have many great stories in today's episode. We're going to talk about, uh, can I list some things off? Is it okay, Jared? Do it with some zest. Yeah. All right, we've got- not Not too much. Wet Footprint Wanderers. There we go. We've got floating building-like crafts in the sky. We've got Massage Medium Ship. Mm -hmm. Phantom Cocktail Parties. Uh, and a lot more. Anything else you want to add to that, Chair, before we get into it? Uh, we got a crawler. Oh, yeah. That's right. A rake? Yes, if you will. I think we've had this conversation before. I think they're similar or the same thing, right? right? The rake and the crawler. If they're real. We really need to get a rake crawler expert on to <laughs> establish that fact, but uh, this is one, yes, not from Reddit. We actually talked about this in the expansion and uh, a listener heard the story. I was like, that's like what I saw. So he well, said might have heard in. it from our other listener stories episode where nope. we had it. Hear it from the Skinwalkers episode. Oh, oh. Mysteries and Monsters in the Southwest. Nice. So yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh, some interesting tales. I love the weird. The weirder, the better in my book, I say. Yeah, me too. Not a fan of, I mean, yeah, if you've seen a Bigfoot, awesome, and we want to hear it, absolutely. Wow, Jeremy, coming out of the <laughs> gate with some uh, aggression against no, the Bigfoot. I don't mean to be, I'm discriminating only in preference. I really enjoy the weird, like right. if you've seen something, no one's going to believe me because who sees, you know, half clown, half dragon come out of the wall every night at three? Like, that's weird, mm -hmm. right? And that would be something, we haven't received that one yet, but that would be something that I would think is remarkable and different. And so I, I appreciate those stories. I, of course, Bigfoot too. So if you got any stories, guys, uh, send them in and we will get through them. If you haven't heard yours yet, we have a long list. So have patience with us. Or it may never come. It may never right. come. If they don't make it on the listener stories episodes, they'll still be in our Bleeful archive online. Yeah, this is the time to establish this because we've always said like, you know, send your story, we'll play on the show. We're getting to the point now where we're so blessed with so many listener stories, so blessed. many of which are awesome, some of which we just have to filter out, you know, what has the most details, the most unique, or, or just, you know, we feel like telling because so it's- So your stories might suck and that's okay. <laughs> or it could be that we've done one that's very similar. That's true. So don't think if we don't use it, it sucks, but- Yeah, I was just kidding. But it might be, it might. Me and Uncle John, <laughs> Uncle John. put your story in a box. <laughs> no, but what we're going to do is if you send it in and it doesn't make the air, we will still include it on our listener stories archive because it should be heard, which means that'll be on the website, almost like in blog form where you can, you can check their database, cross-reference stories. Yeah, and that's important too because it allows other people doing research to be able to find your story and make it part of a, maybe a map of whatever they're doing with whatever exactly. research they're making. Which is important when you're a researcher or you're trying to correlate stories. Yeah. All the time we find stories randomly on the web and it's like, well, who is this? Where did this come from? They didn't provide any information and it seems that information should be shared. Right. So anyways, yeah. So let's, let's, I keep saying let's get into it. I feel like that's already a tagline. Let's get into it. Who cares? That's so generalized. Let's get, yeah, really. That, you can't trademark that. This isn't Disney. Yeah, let's, uh, let's scrape it out. Scrape it out. Let's jettison upon it. <laughs> it's getting bad. All right, what's our first story here, guys? What does that mean? What does jettison mean? Jettison means to eject. Okay. Like if you jettison, usually in space terms, you're jettisoning something from a spacecraft to, you know, like the- like poop or something? Or the engines, or not engines, but uh, maybe engines. Okay. The, uh, the blast, the boosters. Jettison the boosters, it's too, right? Yeah, basically eject it out of your- I used okay. to work at NASA. Let's go. All right. I shouldn't have asked. You shouldn't. You know better. Let's get into it. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, so what's the first story, Jer? Well, you guys want to start off with the crawler? Why not? Let's get it out there. All right, this comes from John Mallory. Okay, so as I mentioned, John got a hold of us after hearing um, our basement crawler story, Reddit user Hopkius, that we retold on our Skinwalker episode. Uh, and we'll link that in the show notes if you guys want to hear that. That was a good episode. This is some corroboration to that guy's story in a way. Mm-hmm. John, you want to read this one? Sure. Is your name? Absolutely. I'm an exceptional reader. <laughs> this has been confirmed. <laughs> this is Neighborhood Crawler by John Mallory. Or Mallory. Mallory. Come on. I don't know. Mallory could be. I've never heard that name in my life. Have you ever heard John Mallory? I've heard Mallory's last name. Yeah. You've heard Mallory's last name? Yeah. Okay. What, once before? John, have you heard Mallory? <laughs> I think it sounds... I mean, Mallory we know is a first name too. I'm sure there's a Mallory out there. I'm sure there's probably Mallory too. Who knows? Sh- I'm sure there's both. Let's get to it. Don't ever make me feel <laughs> stupid in my own house again. <laughs> a few years ago, my brother and I were in our living room watching a movie when our dad came in from the kitchen saying he had seen what he thought was a stray cat in the backyard. At the time, we had a dog that really didn't like cats, and so we needed to get that cat away from our house before he noticed it. Just for context, we share a side lawn with our neighbors, and the only thing separating our backyards is a wooden fence. The side lawn is just a wide strip of grass running from the sidewalk all the way back to the two gates for each backyard. My dad, my brother, and I ran out the door and tried looking for the cat to shoo it away. We were standing on the sidewalk looking back at the gates to see if it was going to come walking out or if it had slipped through the chain link fence on the other side. As I was looking at my neighbor's side of the fence, I saw something drop to the ground. The moon was shining into the south end of their yard where the thing landed. It was hunched over and its skin was a pale gray color. Its arms and legs looked longer than they were supposed to be. There was no hair anywhere on its body, and it was so bony that I could see the ridges of its spine. The night was dark enough that I couldn't get a good look at its face or make out any facial feature, but shortly after it jumped off the fence, it ran out of the moonlight and into the darkness on all fours. There I could see. It kind of looked like a man imitating a dog running. People have told me it's a skinwalker, but it doesn't fit the description, especially since I don't live near a reservation. I don't know what it was or where it went, and I haven't seen it since. Additional details. Dad and brother were looking in the opposite direction. I was the only one that saw it. Sure, that's always Hmm. the way it is. (laughs) Mallory. Mallory? (laughs) He's going to be like, stop saying my name. (laughs) He's like, it's Mallory. (laughs) It's something totally different. Thank you, John, for that story. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Definitely bizarre. Yeah, it's hard to know. I would like to know more about the scale, like well, how big it looked. That's, you know, and I, I asked for some follow-up details and I forgot to ask for specific details, which I should have. So if you hear this, John, and you want to send some uh, additional information, we'll put that in the notes and include it on our stories database. I guess he did say, you know, it looked, looked like, like a man. man. Right. So then that's going to be pretty big unless it's a tiny man, but you know, a, a tiny, tiny man <laughs> with long arms and like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing. So obviously the out of proportion limbs, if he saw what he saw, he said it was in the moonlight, he could see kind of a brand of the dark, yeah. no facial features. My first thought before we got to the point about looking like a man, more like a man, I was mm-hmm. thinking dog with mange, maybe. I was thinking the same thing. You see those chupacabra allegations. It like it landed. I thought he was kind of alluding to that it was like a bird at first or something. 
I think maybe it flew in. He did say it, there was a fence, so maybe he jumped off a fence or oh, okay. a limb. I think he meant it jumped down. That's what I gathered. He probably from jumped from its spacecraft and landed right, in his right, backyard. Right, right. right, Chris. No, those are always interesting stories, and I feel like they're getting more and more commonplace. And of course, the controversy is always is this because the creepy pasta aspect right. of these sightings are increasing, uh, and people are just writing more you know fiction they enjoy to write, or is it that there are more of these things that are just being seen? Yeah. And usually, I think like, well, that's probably either that case of creating something fictionally, or it's uh, something we are just now sharing more because people are opening up talking about right. these things. But then I start to wonder, like, could it be that not everything that we see that's weird on this planet or in our reality mm -hmm. that we believe could be visiting, is it possible that they weren't always here? I feel like we always talk about maybe we just haven't seen reports, but it could be some sort of visiting or invading, you know, species uh -huh. or in, interdimensional or, you know, outer space. Yeah, well, we always talk about the interdimensional idea. Right, but I, I mean, like, new. It's maybe they're ju they've just arrived. Yeah. It's just, it's just an interesting thought. I thought it was interesting. It is interesting. Thank you, John. Maybe we'd never consider the possibility that this is autobiographical and that John Mallory is actually <gasps> the crawler. The crawler. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote the story of himself. He just wants to be known. To get the, yeah. That he's he exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good story, John. You know, I don't know him personally, but I got to take his word for it or at least give him the benefit of the doubt since he's a listener of the show. And, you know, it's not like, I don't know. I just don't see the notoriety aspect. You know what I mean? Like uh, he wrote it into us. He didn't oh, ask no, us to I publish wasn't, it. I wasn't saying this account. I'm not saying this account's creepypasta. Right. But I'm just saying the number of those, I feel like it's a lot of threads that are creepypasta threads on Reddit and whatnot. Right. It's a developing sort of phenomenon in that creepypasta vein. Right. But I don't, I wouldn't take someone's account and assume that it was Well, yeah. Well, we can't know. And I will say, this is one of those stories that's, you know, high, high strangeness. So we'll leave it up to you guys to make your own best judgment. I'll just say thanks, John, for sending it in. And if you experience this thing again, let us know. Yeah. And definitely take some video. I still like the thought that he is a crawler. <laughs> he is the crawler himself, yeah. <laughs> let us know, John, if that's the case. All right, what's our next story, Chris? Do you want to play a speak pipe? We have some speak pipes this time, right? Sure. We could do a speak pipe. Let's go to great gal, Gina. She sent us a voice message with a really interesting account. And I call this mediumship massage. Hi, guys. Uh, first of all, I want to say hi. Thoroughly enjoy your podcasts. I've been listening on Spotify for about a month now, and I listen while I work. But I have a, a story that happened to me in early 2001. Um, I became a massage therapist in um, 1999, got my licensing in December of 2000. So I started my practice in January of 2001. About the third month into my practice, I was leasing space in a chiropractic clinic that my best friend at the time owned. And I was new to, you know, massage therapy and, and learned a lot in school about energy and never really thought much about it. In fact, I, I kind of dismissed the theory, to be honest with you, that there was energy exchange and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought, you know, you're just, you're just rubbing muscles. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you're doing. And you're fixing people. And that's what I wanted to do. Admirable. I never had any interest in energy work or Reiki or anything like that. So I never pursued it in school. Anyway, about three months after I started working at the clinic, a lady came in for a massage and we are about 10 minutes into the session when I felt something in the room. That's the only way I know how to describe it. It was as if I was being looked at and I, I just felt vulnerable, I guess, is the best word. I looked around a little bit, um, you know, kind of just in front of me and to the sides of me and I you know, I didn't see anything, but I felt something. And then about 
30 seconds later, I felt a tingling on the back of my neck and every hair on my body was standing up. All my body hair was standing up on end and I had like a chill run down my spine and I felt the urge or it's like you're being told to do something, but you're not hearing a voice. You're just knowledge is is coming into your head. It's the hardest thing to explain. Interesting. It's happened to me several times since, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I felt drawn to look up in the corner, and there was a baby um, around 10 months old. And it's not as if you can see it. You know it's there, and you see it, but you don't see it tangibly like you could reach out and touch it. You know it's there. You can see it, but you're seeing it in your head but your head is telling you where to look to see it, your brain. I don't know how to describe it. It's the weirdest feeling. Um, It's not as if you can reach out and touch it, though. But it is almost like a picture in your head. But it is present in the room, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So anyway, I closed my eyes real quick and thought, okay, I'm losing my mind. I finished the session, did not look back in the corner, but I could still see the baby in my head. She was uh, white-headed, toe-headed. Uh, Her hair stuck straight up on end on top in a cute little faux hawk. And uh, she had on a white dress that was made out of a textured cotton. And it had ribbons in different pastels. Very specific. Uh, The ribbon ran vertically down the front of her dress in different colors and had a little bow tied at the ends. A lot of details. So anyway, I didn't tell my friend till the next day. I sat on it and thought... Did I imagine it? I went through every scenario. I didn't sleep. I couldn't eat. It was haunting. There was nothing scary about it. Uh, The message being sent to me, which is just kind of knowledge being placed in your head, was that the baby was there to tell her mother that she was okay. So I finally told my friend about it. She burst into tears, pulled me outside, and told me that this woman's child had died in a swimming pool accident. The back door, sliding glass door had been left open, and she was in a walker and walked out into the pool while the nanny was doing laundry. And I don't remember the timeline of how long ago it had happened, but she wanted me to tell the mother, and I absolutely refused. I'm not going to tell a mother that I saw her dead child. I just wasn't willing to do that. So she ended up telling her. We spoke uh, during her next massage. We brought it up. She cried. I cried. Uh, After the session, she asked me if I uh, wanted to see a picture of Savannah, and she showed me, and the child was wearing the dress that I saw her in. I gave her the message from her sweet baby girl, and uh, several things have happened to me since then. I don't tell a lot of people because I don't want them to think I'm crazy, but there's my story. I have several more. Thank you. Wow, Yeah, it's intense. I mean... Positively intense. Yeah. It's nice to hear the positive stories too. Yeah, for sure. just like spooky. Right. The kind of sweet familial visits from beyond. Yeah, for sure, man. That's heavy stuff. I mean, especially a baby. So she drowned. Yeah. And I I should maybe make a mention of this on this episode. We do have some child death and uh, some suicidal commentary oh, really? coming up in the show. Okay. Uh, it's not going to get super heavy, but some notation. Not just crawlers. What were you going to say, John? Oh, I just... I mean, obviously, she's not lying about that story. I mean, you can tell she's not just making that up yeah. for no reason. She seems very uh, articulate mm-hmm. and coherent. And that's so much detail, right. you know? The bows and the faux I mean, hawk. You know, there's something else out there. I mean, it seems like the reason it happened was to comfort, obviously, the mother. Right. And I'm sure that probably put a lot of the heaviness to rest. 
I'm sure she still terribly misses oh, obviously, the baby, yeah. but to know that it's okay and that she still is connected with her in some way, I'm sure it was like a huge Absolutely. Yeah, especially in those are, would imagine that those are probably the most intense forms of grief, the loss of a child. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I think those are probably, when, if anything, is called for some sort of... Uh, Closure. Right. Or some compassion through a visitation. The I only like. thing worse that could happen would be to lose a child and never know what happened. The lack of closure. Right. Oh yeah. Like, can you imagine like an abduction or something yeah. and never knowing what full, I mean, that just would be the worst yeah. thing that could ever happen. Cause there's no, you don't know what happened. Absolutely. Well, that's why I think the, you know, we occasionally cover the missing four in one topic and it's such a hard topic to cover because, because of that fact, it's real yeah. people losing children. You know, it's or anyone, but a child. Yeah, that's worse. true. Yeah, right. We've covered some of the, the children ones, but it's, it's it's sad stuff. Oh, I did want to say about Gina specifically. You know, I wonder, like, when does this? It just seemed to start happening to her. Yeah, I like that so, she had. What did she say? It's just rubbing muscles. <laughs> yeah, she was like just wanted to help people physically. She didn't really buy into the theories of energy healing or yeah. sharing energies or Reiki. She didn't really look into it. Wasn't interested, and then um, had this experience. Oh, was, you said that she, and maybe you were going to mention this, but she had this kind of darker story. She's had this happen a few times with different types of yeah visitations, right? Not all of them were positive. Well, yeah, so uh. <laughs> I think she's going to relay more of these stories, but I'll just, I'll mention real quick what she had said. So, and I think this relates to the first experience. She just said she had this client, Marilyn, and she was like, it just came over and she just said, you know, your house is haunted, right? And she said, yeah, how'd you know? So that was kind of like the beginning of It just of popped her, up in her mind. To, didn't she say it almost sounded like her... It's like a compulsion. Like her mouth, she didn't have control of her mouth. She just said, you know, your house is haunted. Yeah, that might have been more figurative. Okay. I'm not sure. But she said it's just this feeling of compulsion. Like it's just, yeah, it feels like an itch you got to scratch. Mm. Um, Ooh. And then she said she had a dark energy client. This is creepy. So she said his aura oozed black smoke. Weird. Uh, she said it scared her to death. And it hasn't happened since. Maybe it was a demon. Maybe, or just someone, maybe someone had an or attachment. Matt, Matt Damon. Or Matt Damon. Probably a I've heard Matt about Damon. His, his smoke seeping. What? <laughs> I don't know. That is, yeah, that's intense. You though. said that she had the sense that he had killed someone. Well, yeah, so she said, um, quote, Interesting. It hasn't happened since. I feel color on people and his was evil. Suddenly the knowledge was put in my head that he had definitely taken a life at some point in his. Thankfully he never came back. I could not shake it for weeks. So I think she's going to share these in more detail down the road. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting to me people that have that gift. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a superhero. It's kind of it's gonna say, it reminds it sounds me like of a sure. good show. It does. You know, I mean, it sounds like a good setup sure for a show. There have been shows. There have been. Well, shows. there's Medium, right? right? Was that what it was called? Yeah. With, mm -hmm. But I like the massage therapist angle. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. kind of a unique. We'll talk to our people, Gina. Yeah, we'll get our producers <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Hello. Oh, that's right. It's us. Hi, us. Hi, us from the future, who has time to produce TV shows now. Anyway, thank you, Gina. Yes, thank you so much. That was great. Yeah. Two great stories so far. Yeah, we're, we're knocking them out. Knock them out of the park so far. Thanks, You Mom. guys are. You guys are knocking them out of the park. What's our next story, Jer Bear? Okay, so... Oh, come on. Sorry. What's our next story? <laughs> gushy, gushy, Jer yeah, I listen, Sometimes Chris is... When I listen to you, like, you're just, you're just so kind-hearted. Some moments in the episode, I'm editing, and it's like... Like, are we? We love you guys. Kisses. <laughs> it's, 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 come he's off. a very masculine character, <laughs> yeah. and he's also very brave. This is true. Greatest man. man. Yes, one of the best people I know, and, and strongest, most virile. Actually, I am very virile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's oozing virality. He's a sack full of potential. Okay, futures. we're getting a little. <laughs> Have you had moose or Colorado oysters? What they're called? Mountain oysters. Mountain oysters. Had those? 
They're bull I'll testicles. I'll save it for a live stream. They're uh, moose testicles. This is old news. They're bull testicles. Bull testicles. At the end of a cattle drive, this is a side note, but you guys will find this fascinating. At the end of a long cattle drive, uh, the uh, delicacy that the cowboys would often enjoy uh, were the testicles of the bulls because they had to call the herd, essentially, and reduce the reproduction rate. And so, yeah, they're these gigantic meatballs, essentially. Jeez, and they're, I mean, they, they look like mahogany. I saw like one guy cutting into it. I forgot how I got down this rabbit hole on YouTube. <laughs> Did you just learn about this? Because uh, I've known Did we talk decades. about it in a previous show? There's a reason it came up. Anyways, decades. decades. There's a great video I found. I'll put it in the show notes. But I was going to save it for one of our video live streams to just review because mm-hmm. it's an important. You're sitting around a campfire with your fellow cowboys just roasting a Eating some balls. bull testicle on the fire. Did they all like make love afterwards? <laughs> Yeah, they're so, they're so like, filled with sexual energy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How I got broke my mountain. I mean, I wonder if it does increase sex drive, though. Mm-hmm. That's why they called him No Shame John Wayne. You ever heard that nickname? No Shame John Wayne? Yeah, that's no. why. Because a part of the kettle drive he was a part of, it. that's what, how they okay, enjoyed themselves after what? years. <laughs> making things up. That is, that is character yeah, That's not true. I take it back. John Wayne's a good man. No Shame John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> not my favorite compared to Clint Eastwood, but. He's like, hey, partner. You want to saddle up this evening? <laughs> All right, moving along. This is that was a fun little side it's story. Good. Okay, so this next story uh, is timely. It's interesting. This comes from um, Josh, listener of the show, good guy. He sent in a couple stories here that we're going to do a couple of them now. And I didn't realize he'd sent this in. And he he lives in Massachusetts, and he actually was a part of a bicycle race called the Puckwudgie. That's funny because we just did that episode. The Bridgewater Triangle. Mm. Yeah. So I guess he's uh, he's actually going to go down there and do some ghost hunting stuff. He sent this in before we did the Bridgewater Triangle, Yeah, right? and I had no idea. That's funny. We just came across it afterwards. We have so many stories, it's hard to remember like what's in where and right. to categorize it. But um, but anyways, oh yeah, and he, he has a coworker. He turned on to the show. I guess she's got some stories sent in too. So. Great. Hey to you guys. Thank you for sending this in, Josh. This is called Spirit Pool Rescue. That is a lame name, I know. I always called it... Don't look a ghost horse in the mouth. That's but, way better. But there's no horse in it. Well, that's it's odd m- that you would pick that. But there's a gift horse type situation when it comes to the pool. So it's a little abstract. Well, wow. let's just call it a spirit pool rescue. Okay. Okay. Well, if you think of another one, you can shout it out. So there's there's multiple stories here. So his childhood was fairly haunted or connected to the paranormal, I guess you could say. The first stories take place when he's about four or five in uh, Lemonster, Massachusetts, in an apartment complex called Litchfield. Apartments. So if anyone listening to the show lives at Litchfield Apartments in Lemonster now, be warned. Get out of there! I think that's the most detail I've had on a location in a Lister store. It's kind of cool. Okay, I like it. My earliest memories of spooky stuff happening was when I was about four or five. I would have recurring, quote, dreams of being taken out of my bed and out the window by someone or something that resembled my Uncle Paul. What's creepy is that we were a few floors up in an apartment complex, so that would have been impossible. In that same apartment, my sister had the blankets ripped off of her bed in the middle of the night. Another time, me and my sister watched from the couch as the TV guide moved on its own across the floor and under the couch like it was being pulled somehow. We went looking for it right away because if it got lost, my mom would have blamed my sister and I, and we would have gotten into big trouble. We were little, so we blamed it on daddy long leg spiders. <laughs> LOL. Also in that house, occasionally I would feel something grabbing my ankles, trying to pull me under the blankets oh my God. when I would nap. That's horrifying. Yeah. I called it the magician because I pictured it wearing white gloves for some reason. That is creepy. Yeah. 
Later, when I was about six and we were in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, I was being babysat by a neighbor and she had an above ground pool. So I would just float around on a float that was like an inflatable mattress because I couldn't swim yet. Well, one day I fell off of the float and went straight to the bottom of the pool. The water was above my head and I started freaking out when all of a sudden I heard a woman's voice tell me to when I finally got out of the water, back on the deck, more than anything, I was pissed at the woman watching me for not getting in the pool and helping me out. I asked her what the deal was. She just looked at me and said, I was asleep the whole time. <laughs> Good job, babysitter. <laughs> and never even saw me fall off the float or get out of the pool. But I know I had heard, clear as day from under the water, a woman guide me out of that pool. My grandma had passed away suddenly a few years before this incident from a heart attack, and I have a few memories of her, but I was so young. My mom would bring me and my sister to her house all the time, and she loved the shit out of us, from what my <laughs> mom says, so I like to believe it was her watching out for me that day. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I have a son about that age now who claims to see shadow people. I hope he is just messing around about that, but I actually <laughs> took a drive to the house to make sure it was not a dream, and sure enough, the pool is still there. I saw my mom yesterday and brought up the swimming pool story just to verify her memory of it, and before I could even ask her, she just said it was grandma. Oh, that's a, cool that's a nice story. ending, yeah. Way to go, Grandma. Speaking of Grandma, our Grandma was from Pittsburgh, Massachusetts. Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah. What a kawanky thing, huh? Yeah, some creepy stuff in there before that kind of positive one at the end. That part yeah. with the, something that looked like his Uncle his Paul. His Uncle Paul pulling him out of the window at night from Ooh, the second story. Yeah. Or the thing that grabbed his ankles. You pulled him under, yeah. The magician. Reminds me, I used to have, quote, dreams of uh, an imposter version of Grandma Parfit. And she would, oh, she would stand outside the... Remember Stonewood, our glass door to the porch mm -hmm. we could see from the dining room table? Well, we were all sitting around at the dining room table and grandma was there, but there was another grandma Parfit coming to the door and like tapping on the glass, asking me to let her in, saying the one inside was an imposter, but I could tell there was an evil with this one outside. It was an imposter. I'm so, su creepy. so surprised you didn't save that story for that story we heard on Art Bell. Uh -huh. This old woman would come in and pretend to be the grandma and would knock on the window. Well, I'll probably tell it again. I mean, later on with more detail when we do that story. That's... And then he woke up and he found out his grandma had died. Uh -huh. There seems to be this kind of theme with imposture entities or whatever it is in a dream kind of hypnagogic state that they can mimic a relative or something. When you're a child, yeah, a relative that's died usually. It's trying to pretend it's the ghost of your uncle. This, or... Yeah, this is the third time I've heard this phenomena from, you know, Josh here. I had the experience when I was a kid, which I just assumed was a nightmare, but yeah. there's something dark and deeper to it than just a regular dream. And then we heard that one in our bell, but maybe we'll, so maybe we'll do that down the road. But yeah. I just like the idea of like they're sitting there and then the, the TV guide is just slowly being like yeah. the ghost wanted to really put on the Simpsons or Daddy something. Long Daddy legs. Long Legs. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that's a creepy dream the other day. Oh, yeah. Where it's like these beetles came out. It was over at mom and dad's house outside. And like, I can't remember what they came out of, but we were outside. And then all of a sudden, you know, they came out, they were normal looking beetles and they just grew these long legs and turned into oh. these oh. like spider looking things. Weird. It was, and they were just so fast. 
That's the astral spiders coming for you, Jen. That's what it reminded me oh. of. Oh, they were like, but they didn't bother me. But I just thought that was just like, whoa, that's intense. Oh, that reminds me. We had a listener right in. I've been talking to follow up about the astral spider story we did with Sue. Is that Kazna? Yeah, I think it was Kazna. I'm going to save that because I think we're going to do an astral entities episode. Yeah. Well, even if we do like a hypnagogic episode or mm-hmm. sleep, that we want to do that Nightmareland book at some point. Yeah, that'd be good to do. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird stuff, guys. I'm telling you, it's normal. Well, let's take a quick break, guys. And when we get back, we're going to get deeper into the weird, deeper into the hole. All right, we'll be back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get weird. So we've got some Simon Von Elk, who is a count that I met on my journey through Uzbekistan. He's not a count. No, he's not a count. That's just an awesome name, Von mm-hmm. Elk. He's a count of the whole. It sounds like he should wear a cape. Good guy. I've been talking to him for a little bit. He's sending some great stories, and we're going to do one now. Do it. This one we tentatively titled, In the Garage. Uh, is that the name of the Weezer song? That was like my yeah. favorite song for a long time. I feel safe. No one cares about Let me read this one. It's, it's a speak pipe. Oh, that's right. Jinx. Say we in stereo. But you can read the next one, John. All right, ready? Here we go. All right, so this one's a little weird. Um, <laughs> pretty pretty uh, quick story here. So I was about five or six, and... Uh, I had a friend who lived down the street from me, and he had a driveway that led into his garage. And we were playing, you know, around dusk, just outside, running around his house. Reminds me of Stonewood. And I remember he was like, hey, I'm going to go inside and get some cookies or like some kind of a snack. And, you know, what can I say? I'm a cookie fiend. So I was excited. I was like, all right, dude, I'll wait here. I'll be right here. And I waited right in front of the garage, which was kind of dark in there and stuff. And as soon as I was alone, I turned to the garage and my dead grandfather, who passed away when I was like six months old, is standing in the garage as a ghost. What? Holding a shovel that he's like <laughs> pulled off the wall. What? Of the garage. Here it is. I'm looking for this. <laughs> and... It's pretty vague at this point, um, but I vaguely remember him saying something like, like, this is my shovel, or like he used the <laughs> shovel as a metaphor or something. Either way, did not understand what he was trying to say. Something about a shovel. It was bizarre because, I mean, he was a civil engineer, not like a shoveler, blue collar type dude. Hmm. So I, I never imagined him being like, a, you know, the shoveling type. <laughs> but um, anyway, I went home. Right after that, I was like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So I went home, told my parents the story. And uh, to this day, they remember me, you know, coming home and and telling them about what happened and saying, I just saw Opa. And, you know, he was standing there in Henry's garage. And um, I'd only seen pictures of him, really. I mean, you know, I met him when I was like six months old. But other than that, 
uh, Weird. is just photos and stuff. So who knows what that was about? But figured we're sharing something for the something for the whole. Wow, thanks for that. Simon. Absolutely, that's great. It's, it's funny because his grandpa was probably like, "Damn it, the message didn't really make I, it," you know? Yeah. Yes. So like, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's kind of an open ended. Yeah, it's kind of unresolved. So did it just disappear? Or? I think he ran. Yeah, but the implication is that he. Yeah, I know what you're quickly. saying. Did, did he like do that after it disappeared, or just leave it, the ghost's mid conversation? Like, <laughs> like I have more to say. He's <laughs> like, no, no, I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, let us know, Simon. I didn't. I did not uh, follow up with that question. So yeah, it's it's interesting. So oftentimes you hear stories that are like, it was such a peaceful moment. Like I knew that my mother or my grandfather was connecting with me and telling me it was going to be okay. This is like this is my shovel. Why isn't it Henry's garage? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you didn't return the shovel, Henry. (laughs) It belongs at home. (laughs) It's funny, it makes you think like, I mean, in situations like that where there's a spirit of a relative who's past uh-huh. and they can't go anywhere they want at any time right. and relay any message they want anytime. So, but if they can be near a family member, if they happen to go to a place where there was something that they object had lost uh-huh. and then it's, there's like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> Maybe he's just stuck with the shovel somehow. He's connected to it. I don't, I don't think that's it. Very interesting story. Yeah. Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was, that was entertaining. I hope your grandfather finishes his message to you at some point. Maybe relays it in a dream. Maybe or- you should start using that shovel more often. I don't know if you got it back. That's a good question. Did you get it back from Henry? Yeah. Did you take it? You're like, this is my grandpa's. Yeah, this is Opus. Seems important. Yeah. Good anyway, story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Opa. Cool. Thanks, Simon. I like your voice, Simon. Yeah. Doesn't he sound like H. John Benjamin? Is that his name? The guy who voices Archer. Mm-hmm. I just kept picturing Archer in the garage. Bob's not quite as deep, but it's very similar. Yeah. Good. Good. Speaking it's hard voice. to be quite as deep as. We should H. just have Benjamin. him do our commercials for us. Yeah. Maybe we'll contact you for an ad or something sometime. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, he sent me a lot of stories. Been talking to him on Instagram, so he's cool. Cool. So there's more. He's a solid fellow. There's more audio. His brother has a crazy astral projection story. Really? He's like, I think he had an accident when he was a kid, and he left his body, and he could see everyone like rescue him. I want to incorporate it in the show somehow. He he recorded him telling it in video version. And it's really good. Interesting. Um, but cool. I always anyways, love those those ones, like yeah. near death experiences. Really interesting. This was like I don't know how near death he was, but he he saw everyone around him as he floated above, and then he saw, started seeing entities. Well, it was during an accident, right? Yeah, he, I think he, he, it was a playground, so he must have fallen off maybe the merry ground or something like that. Oh, okay. So it was like... I don't think his life was threatened, though. I think it was more of, you It know. was like a conscious... Yeah, he was knocked unconscious, yeah. We should maybe do his story when we do our, our astral entity story. Absolutely. That's coming up this season. That's two we got that we can connect yeah. with that from our listeners. But um, well, let's move along for now. Let's do it. But yeah, shout out to your brother, Simon. Good story. Okay, let's do a UFO story. We haven't done one of those in a while. Yes, please. Right? Um, this is an interesting one. This comes from a fellow named Alan, and we received it a while ago. Let's uh, let's launch into the sky. Let's do it. This is uh, an account we got a while back, um, and I didn't get a much detail from the guy because I, I didn't reach out in time. Failure. Failure on my part. Failure. I don't think connect. I did. Failure to connect. I might have uh, contacted him, but I'm not sure. Anyways, I kind of found the story last minute in our massive archive that we've got going, but uh, I've corroborated with a couple accounts in the area. So this is a local guy. This is Southern Ohio. Nice. Our state of the Buckeye. So I titled this uh, Night Lights. Greetings, just found your podcast, and I wanted to let you know about some weird sightings. I've had five separate occasions since 2012. I'm an Ohio native, and five different times in the vicinity of Deer Creek State Park, I have seen a red light in the sky moving rapidly. In addition to this, the second time the sky was overcast, and as I watched, the light seemed to flip 90 degrees, as the clouds above it seemed to dissipate as it ascended and came back down through the clouds, approximately three miles south. 
Judging relative distances in the sky is difficult, but from where I was in Pickaway County, the light would have been over the town of Groveport or the old Rickenbacker Air Force Base. So this is an interesting account. This is just south of Columbus is where this happened. So it sounds to me what he's saying there when that flipping 90 degrees, it sounds like the light flipped and then maybe he saw that reflection above on the clouds and then it shot through the clouds, right? And then came down three miles away. Sounds like it sucked up into the clouds and then came down three miles away, three miles south, and then back down through the clouds. Now, I went on MUFON and I searched Rickenbacker as a keyword because he mentioned that in the story. And that's the Air Force Base? That's the Air Force Base right there. And I came up with a handful of accounts and some of them were were pretty similar. And they all happened in this time frame, which is between 2012 and now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one comes from 2014 uh, in Lockbourne, Ohio, which is right around the same area, south of Columbus there, I believe. Tonight, September 13th, 2014, about 9.30 p.m., driving east on Shepherd Road, east of Route 23 in northern Pickaway County. See, there it is again. Same place. Saw two large orange spheres one above and back from the other, that were much bigger than the size of a star, stationary, unobscured by clouds, which were in the background, and well above the tree line appeared to be south of Duval Road and between Boulin Pierce and Asheville Pike Roads. That's pretty specific. They did not blink and were clearly unusual. When I stopped my car and got out to look, they disappeared into the clouds, which was weird because they were initially nowhere near the clouds. The clouds themselves were not moving, so it was like they made their own fog or something. About a minute or two later, I saw one moving like it was going to land at Rickenbacker Air Force Base. But then it turned 90 degrees west. Weird, same directional change. 90 degrees west and seemed to go down. That was weird. Toward the Scioto River, which is a couple miles west. I thought I saw the second orange sphere in the clouds above the flight line of the first, but then it faded into the clouds. During this time, I called my fiancé to tell him what I was seeing and to go outside to see it for himself. Richard, baby, get off your butt and go see if you can see this thing. That was when it initially went into the clouds, so he didn't see it. Later, he told me that he had seen two orange balls stationary in the sky near Wygant and Asheville Pike Roads earlier that week, only during the daytime around 5 p.m., and that as he looked at them, they also faded out into what looked like fog. The coincidence of us both having almost identical visual experiences is truly creepy. Hmm, interesting. That's that's interesting, that Fortean fog. Yeah, exactly. That creates this this travel capability. That's interesting. But yeah, that's the same area, same mention of Pickaway and Rickenbacker Air Force Base in the same time frame. What's the building in the sky, Jerry? Get to that because that's what I'm correlating. Do you want to do this one? This is weird. So among this handful of accounts in Southern Ohio, just below Columbus there, just South Columbus, uh, this one stood out to me and it's weird. And there's pictures. Only one picture looked to me like it was kind of, I could see what he was talking about, but he refers to it as a building in the sky. Something building. And that's just a fascinating idea to me. It's a massive structure. Anyways, Chris, please go ahead, read this one. I'm writing to you today, this is to move on, because I live in the area of high UFO activity here in the Columbus, Ohio area. I'm about 10 miles north of the Rickenbacker Air Force Base. I have all sorts of UFO photos that I took with my phone. There is something that looks like a large building hanging in the sky close to the Air Force Base. It has been there for months that I know of since I discovered it by accident. I have photographed it on different days and different times of the day. That's very weird. It has changed colors is rectangular in shape. Oh, wow, it's crazy because of what I've coming up. Has squared off corners. It's always there and never moves. 
What do you know that's as big as a building, has square corners, and just sits in the sky and never moves? I don't know anything. Yeah, that sounds like a joke with no punchline. Yeah. That's weird. Anyways, attached to the show notes, guys, we'll have this picture. This is from his iPhone, and it looks like a helicopter. Um, and in the background is this weird... Oh, bizarre. It is kind of cube-shaped object. Yeah. This almost maybe trapezoidal, but it's got obvious hard edges and angles that make it look like a cube or some kind of weird rectangle structure in the sky. Do I mean, the next it? one I think is much more impressive. Yeah, I didn't even know if the next one was real. It looks so crazy. Yeah, I know, exactly. So the only reason I'm bringing this next one into this episode is because it relates to that... You know, it's such an uncommon shape, I think, for flying craft that are unexplained. Then this comes from a Carolina Observer, so not, not super far from Ohio. Mysterious square aircraft hovering in night sky scared me to death, North Carolina man says. Javian Hill, 35, of Kings Mountain, North Carolina, says he took several photos of the object during a storm on the night of August 18th as he drove on US 74 southwest of Charlotte. The images feature something square hovering above the tree line, with its edges fringed in lights. Hill told the Charlotte Observer the craft frightened him to the point that he didn't sleep that night. Quote, I was on my way home with my wife on the speakerphone, and it looked like there was a tornado coming, so I was trying to take a picture of the clouds for my wife. Hang on, honey, I'm going to send you a picture of this crazy sky. But then I saw something that wasn't normal, and I was like, oh my god, what is that? I started trying to take as many pictures of it as possible while I was driving. Hill says he pulled over at the next exit to try and get video, but the aircraft had vanished. Heavy rain followed instantly, he said. That's funny because it ties right into that fog stuff. North Carolina is the top 10 among the 50 states when it comes to alleged UFO sightings, according to the Natural UFO Reporting Center in Davenport, Washington State. The state has 7,570 reported UFO sightings since 1940, some of which have inspired conspiracy theories of ongoing secret military experiments. According to the odds makers at Casino.org, the site recently calculated the odds of seeing a UFO in North Carolina as one in 135,500. Oh, that's not too bad. That's decent odds. Yeah. But John, yeah, and Jeremy, these pictures here, I think are... If these are real, I don't know. I mean, it seems a little hard to believe they're so... The last one almost looks like next generation enterprise, just square shaped. I mean, just the, oh, the last one is my comparison. Oh, what do you mean? I combined them in the last image. It's kind of hard to see on the screen, oh, but okay. I was trying to compare the two because my first thought was it's almost in exactly the same direction and pitch. This for listeners out there, this will be in the show notes. Are these but two different sightings. It's the same guy. He took it twice, so different locations right. on this drive. But basically, there's this obviously rectangular, almost tablet shaped, like a giant iPhone or something in the sky. And it's got these lights that brim along the edges. Um, and the first image is kind of purple lights on the outside with white, kind of white, yellow. And then on, he gets another shot of it in a different location in that area while he's driving, pulls over, and it's more purple lights. I see. Okay. Oh, so you added red in this final comparison image right. to show you that the two different laid next to each other. I was trying to show that like the pitch was different on the crafts, mm-hmm. and so was... The colors are different, too. And see that red line in the back there is the angle. That's the distance of the angle of the, of the other oh, edge. between the two. Right. It's kind of hard to see on the screen, but basically like it wasn't copy pasted, which I was wondering like, because at first I was like, it's so close to the same direction and pitch. Yeah. But yeah, it's not. And I, I don't know, I thought it was an incredible image. I mean, it is. If it's real, it's obviously one of the the best, most incredible, bizarre right. images of UFO I've seen, especially its shape, just so unique. It looks like a floating iPad Pro. <laughs> you know <laughs> right. what I mean? With like illuminated at the bottom. Yeah. 
Anyway, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this case and you've heard it debunked, let me know, but I, I couldn't find anything yeah, about it. Yeah, check that. it out in the show notes, guys. We'll have it we'll have it linked there. But those are the most interesting to me. Someone wrote in a while back and I can't find the message, but asking about black cubes, because we did that expansion or that um unicorn episode on the uh Oh the Saturn Death Cult? Yeah, yeah. But he saw a black cube shaped UFO in the sky yeah, that's in his crazy. neighborhood. I mean, those ab- abnormal looking crafts, those I think are the most fascinating yeah. when they're more um hexagonal or more squared edges, I think are always yeah. really fascinating. Non-traditional UFO shape. Yeah, we should do an episode on that sometime on the cube phenomena and include that story. Cool. Oh, crap. It's raining. Is it? Oh, yeah, it's supposed to storms today. Damn it, I wanted to go for a run. The bummer. Sandra Bullock. Okay, so our, this next story is a really interesting experience and it happened to a listener and friend of the show, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been waiting a while to do this one because it is a little heavier and there are some elements to it that I think are very personal. So we were touched that she wanted to share the story and we were just trying to figure out a way to do it that wouldn't be too much for listeners. and gave it the respect it deserves. Right. This is a really good story from Sarah. I call it Haunting Sarah. This time period has been the darkest in my life by far. It took away that ignorance is bliss kind of life mentality I had. Unfortunately, I now must face the realities of life without the veil of ignorance. It started in 2014 when I found out I was pregnant with triplets. Once I found out about the pregnancy, things started changing, particularly my husband. During the entire pregnancy, he acted completely out of character. It was a gradual change. I know now he was doing a lot of less than stellar activities, which again was way out of his character. He was drinking every single day and night, delving into infidelity, falling asleep in random places in the house. It was weird. Hmm. And I saw it all in his eyes. I swear they changed. It was out of a movie. It was unbelievable. Also, during this time, my mom would come over to help because the pregnancy was rough. And weird things began to happen. On three separate occasions, we heard a baby crying. Both of us did. We couldn't believe it. Other things began to happen as well, but I won't get into that now. Fast forward to babies being born. Bad energy and negative things continued to occur. One of the triplets had a severe metabolic acidosis about five days after birth and almost passed away. We had the priest called in and everything. She recovered and I took her home. A day after we returned home, she started acting off. My husband told me not to worry about it, but I took her to the ER. She had meningitis. We caught it just in time. She would have died. She was vented about five hours after arriving at the ER. Again, my husband was acting crazy, not wanting to take her in, ignoring the situation, and he's a medical professional. My other daughter was diagnosed with a heart condition about four months after birth. We had no idea she had. She came home for three days before she passed away. The day after the funeral, my husband was admitted to a mental hospital for two weeks. That completely snapped him. They had to sedate him. He had turned violent, attempting to throw chairs through windows, hallucinating about going out to dinner with friends while he was hospitalized. I continued to take care of the other two babies at home during this time, and the house didn't feel right. It was dark. I'm not sure how to explain it. On a few different occasions, I thought I heard something. I looked at the baby monitor, and there were multiple orbs around my son's head. TVs would randomly turn on and off in the middle of the night. It was very scary, actually. The cycle continued for another year. My husband would come home and go back to a dark place. 
He would be hospitalized again and again. He also tried to take his own life, twice, and was very close to succeeding both times. I really believe something possessed my husband. I'm not sure if that's the right wording I'm looking for here, but you know what I'm saying. There was so much negative energy, it was overwhelming, like whatever it was was feeding off all this. So many more things happened during this time frame and details about my husband's behavior, but I know this is already getting super long. It was honestly like what you see in the movies, the way he acted, the look in his eyes. I feel a little embarrassed for sharing all this because I know it sounds fucking crazy. But it happened, and it was the lowest point in my life. My husband is currently on a slew of antipsychotic medication and is acting better overall. His eyes look normal again. We did sell that home as soon as we could and no longer live there. Nothing weird has happened since we left. It was two years of hell. I just can't stress enough how my husband literally changed into a different person right in front of my eyes, polar opposite personalities. I still have to verbalize, I swear I'm not crazy. I've told this story to those close to me because it was so incredible and I always feel weird doing so. They know I'm not crazy, but you can still see some disbelief on their faces. I don't blame them. It's something I had never experienced nor will probably ever experience again. Wow. Yeah. Love the whole Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. Gee, Amityville. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking of, reminding me of that story. Uh, yeah. Well, you came to the right place if you'd want people to believe you. And a, and a, a quick follow-up on that. Well, unless you wanted to say anything Yeah, I was going to say, it. Um, it does sound like she said when they left that the activity stopped surrounding yeah. them. And it is interesting that once the babies were coming, that's when they started experiencing the phenomenon. Yeah. Almost like it was like, we can scare these people, right? Mm -hmm. Like she said that the idea of feeding off the fear. Did you say anything else about what the house was or like, did you find anything else about what, who lived there before? No, I didn't even think about this. There was so much in the story. Mm -hmm. That's normally something I would think to ask, but there was so much to consider when it came to the personal stuff. Right, the interrelationship stuff. I'll follow up with her on that because that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean. Definitely sound like like they say, like, I'm sorry if she said this, but did you know how long she had lived in the house before that happened or she had been there for a while or? So it started, I'm not sure how long she'd been in the yeah, house. Yeah, she seemed to relate it to when she became pregnant. That's mm. when the activity began. Weird. So it almost seemed like if it was something in the home, it was almost activated by the pregnancy. And it's interesting because one of the first aspects of the phenomenon was the sound of babies crying. That's right. So it's almost like something very connected to the idea of maternity, Child, childbirth. Yeah, foreshadowing that. Maybe it was like a death of a child or something. Maybe could have been some sort of kindred situation. Yeah. Or, or maybe darker. someone that, this is total speculation, yeah. but someone that maybe killed themselves because they lost a child. Could be. I mean, obviously there, there were negative forces. It's weird because the husband had such a shift. It sounds like he yeah. was being influenced by some right. darker. That's worse. what, I mean, she's, she is personally certain of that. Like that is, that's mm -hmm. her takeaway from that situation is he had this experience and he seems to be doing better now that they're no longer there. Yeah. So hope to God oh. that that's taken care of. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, sorry for your loss, Sarah. I hope things are yeah. a little brighter these days. Well, on a, on a brighter note, she had a she had to follow up about it. I'm not going to read the whole experience, but one of the triplets that she lost, the death of her daughter, she had, I think, a fortunate experience during that passing. She said, I remember holding my daughter and just comforting her, rocking her, talking to her as she passed. Initially, I didn't feel calm. Lots of tears, of course, but I tried to keep it together since I owed her that as I was her mom and her daughter was, she was conscious while she was dying, yeah. and, you know, um, tracking her mom. So she held her as she died. She, yeah, basically she said it took a couple hours. Said as time passed, I started feeling calm and peaceful. 
Like overwhelmingly so. I've never felt such a comforting or peaceful presence in my life. It truly felt like a higher power was present, much bigger than you or I or anything we know. I remember feeling like everything was all right. I'm not sure how I heard or felt this, no voices out loud, but it went through my head. I also remember just knowing that Ava wasn't there anymore, that I was just holding a body. She was gone, but she was good. I had nothing to worry about. She was taken care of. And again, I can't emphasize enough the overwhelming sense of peace and comfort, which is kind wow. of a nice, I mean, after all that torture and- Well, like we earlier, we talked about with the massage therapist, mm -hmm. how that closure of knowing that there is still this connection, yeah. you know, and it's a peace in I'm a way. sure, I mean, I don't know for everyone, it does seem like in those situations, I'm sure if there are beings that watch over us, they're probably there to help people get through those times. Yeah. Yeah. The lowest points of despair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Hi to Sarah's dad. He, I guess, apparently is a big fan of the show. He doesn't know that she's told the story on the show. So oh, really? Yeah. He, oh. She's like, I'm sure I'll get a call from my dad right away after <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, glad you're doing better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, our last story of the evening is shadows on the wall. Shadows on the wall. That is exactly what shadows on the wall would sound like. Mike said, uh, <laughs> great transition. Go ahead. Mike said, Macy was getting super creeped out by the Iwachu. Oh, nice. That's pretty creepy. Yeah. That's Iwachu. his youngest daughter. I thought it was an adorable impression. I liked how you pitched up my voice for that. Made it sound more. Well, it, was, it said in the story that it was like artificially high. So yeah. I had to do something with like it. Like an unnaturally high tone. Yeah. If you guys didn't hear that Bridgewater Triangle episode, check it out for the You Want Chewers. Did you like my little voices where I was like, walk, yeah, walk, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. walk, yeah, walk. It was wonderful. Very Ewokian. I told you, I'm a straight shooter. Jared, here we go, Jared. This is for all the fun ladies out there. What's going on, Beliefful? Uh, my name's Jared. What's up, Jared? And I live in British Columbia, Canada. I've had a lot of different experiences, but this is one that stood out to me that I can remember for a fact that happened and I have never been able to forget it. And anybody asks me about creepy experiences, the first one that comes to my mind. The house that I live in is dated on the title. It says pre-1940. They're not sure exactly when it was built. And what I do know though, is it was the first house here on this subdivision. Everything else was farmland and this is the original farmhouse. This was a night when my parents had a lot of people over and I was a bit of an attention seeker and I wasn't receiving a lot of attention that night so I was angry and I would always get tucked in, read a bedtime story, whatever and that wasn't happening that night because they had company to entertain and I was mad about it. So what I decided to do is when I put myself to bed because everybody was busy, I put myself to bed and I, I had this elaborate plan that I would know, fall off the bed, pretend I fell off the bed <laughs> Somebody will notice and they'll pick me up and put me in bed and, oh, are you okay? And whatever. Well, it never happened. I <laughs> flopped myself off the bed, pulled my covers off the bed, fell off. Nobody. Because a couple of people walked by but didn't notice. <laughs> That's or didn't care to notice. And so I just ended up laying on the floor for a while. And as I was <laughs> laying there, all my lights were off in my room. And then I remember my room sort of lighting up almost like a emitting light. Something was emitting light. It was like a glow of some kind. And I remember hearing this whisper, but it wasn't audible. It was like just within, maybe? I don't know how to explain it, but what it said was, Ugh. and 
I looked up, and on the wall, there's this light, and six shadows were walking through this light. And as they got to the edge of the light, they just started disappearing slowly. And I got so terrified as being a seven-year-old kid that I grabbed my blankets and I jumped into my bed and I put my covers over my head. And I just laid there, terrified. That actually brought on like this phobia of mine for when I was a kid. When I would sleep, I couldn't sleep with my head out of my covers. Ever since then, I had slept underneath my covers until obviously I got older and a little more brave. But I was afraid that I would see something on the walls. And I didn't want to see the walls when I was sleeping. My paranoia of that went on for a while. I was scared of the walls. And then when I got older, in my teens, I still remembered this happening. And so I was always trying to debunk it and figure out, you know, was there a car driving by? Was there somebody in the backyard with a flashlight? How did these shadows get there? What did I hear? Who said that? And there's nothing I could ever figure out. I have a lot of different instances in this house with weird things happening, friends having weird things happening, friends that wouldn't come back and not tell me why. Nothing really bad has ever happened. I've had a scratch on my hand that I couldn't explain when I woke up in the morning once, but other than that, pretty just interesting things happening, doors shutting, things along that nature. But this instance, it was very strange to me and I, something that I can't explain. People could chalk it up to being kids' imagination. They could chalk it up to being a dream. They could chalk it up to a bunch of things being a kid, you know, especially a kid who's angry about not getting attention. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm 24 now, and I still remember it as if it was yesterday. 100% it happened. It wasn't a dream. If it was a dream, I would have long forgot it by now. It 100% happened, and I just don't know what it was. Exactly. It's creepy. Yeah, super uh, creepy. It's interesting because... It sounds like a portal. Well, at first I was thinking, okay, well, there were parents, friends at the party. Mm -hmm. Door was open. They were standing in the doorway and the shadows were cast on the wall and they said, don't wake him. She's sleeping. But yeah, the fact that he was thinking maybe some of the flashlight in the backyard or uh, headlights going by, it says to me that the door wasn't even open. Well, plus I reached out to him about this because I asked that specific question about the... Okay. He sent me pictures of that old room. Oh, really? And the layout of where the doorway was couldn't have been people in the house looking in because the wall was... Really? ...was not across from the door. It was a side wall. Okay. He said if it was anything, and this is why he checked the backyard with flashlight, there's a small window, a small rectangular window that comes in from the backyard. Um, but he said, there's no way you get five people around that and then have a light and hear the voice. Shh, he's sleeping. <laughs> right. It also reminds me of just the idea that he was seeking attention, really, really, really wanting attention as a kid. And maybe something gave it to him. Oh, well, like, you know, like yeah. summoning something. Remember what you wish for. Yeah. Definitely creepy. This sounds a lot like a story that we heard on an old Art Bell Ghost to Ghost. Ghost to Ghost. From the high desert in the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening. This is Ghost to Ghost AM. <laughs> so we thought we would drop it in here just because it correlates in, in a way, I mean, it's kind of the inverse of it, where there's a kid who has an experience while he's staying in a new house with his family, uh, but instead of having shadow figures appear in a light, there are three-dimensional figures that appear in the dark and communicate. This is called Phantom Cocktail Hour. 
Wild Card Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Uh, you have a ghost story for us. Yeah, I do. Actually, I've had a couple of strange experiences, but I'll just uh, list the one that sticks in my mind the most. I grew up with, uh, my mother was a medium and my father was a musician. His mom was a medium. That's going to invite some stuff. Strange life. We were on the road a lot. and um, You bet. Never stayed in any place longer than a couple of, you know, two or three months at time. I know the life, yeah. <laughs> well, and we just moved into a place in Minneapolis. It was a new apartment, and uh, we were all sort of camped out on the floor. It was a big sort of studio apartment with the kitchen offset and a bathroom and a large sort of bedroom, living quarters, whatever. And um, there was my mother and I and my father all sleep on the floor, laid on, on on blankets and things. And I just started to nod off, and um, she woke me up, and she said, Honey, look at the kitchen. And I woke up, and I, I didn't sit up or anything. I just sort of opened my eyes and sort of peered through the blankets. And there was a party of probably somewhere between 15 and 20 people in cocktail outfits. It's so weird. Um, I don't remember not to remember the period or whatever, but they were they were well dressed. I remember women had jewelry on, men were wearing. Um, wait, 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 wait! This is in your private place. This is in our kitchen. In your kitchen, you walked in and there's 15 to 20 people. I didn't walk in. I was I was laying on the floor. Yeah. And my and my mother woke yeah. up. I was lying next to her, and she woke me up and she said, "Yes, look what's happening." So I sat and watched for a while, and I watched a man who I will never forget uh, how he looked. He was wearing a dark suit, he had brown, very neat hair, and he was talking to a, a woman, and he had a drink in his hand, she had a drink in her hand, and I watched him for a while, and um, he saw me, and he saw my mother, and we were awake, my dad was laying next to my mother asleep, and I was yes. laying next to her, and, and she said, be, be real quiet, don't do anything, she whispered, you know, and I said, okay, Crazy. and um, he made a motion to the woman, and he came right over to me, leaned right over me, and my blankets were down sort of six inches from my chin or whatever, and he grabbed the blankets, tucked them around my my uh, shoulders, and uh, my eyelids were like half open, and I'm getting weird chills now talking about this, but, and uh, tucked them in, and uh, walked right back to the rest of the party. It happened for a few, less than several, a couple of minutes maybe, and they sort of just stopped. And I remember asking my mom what happened. And she said, well, I think that we just saw a cocktail party that happened here a while back. Well, when you say they just stopped, I mean, we're talking about 15 or 20 people. You mean they just vaporized? That's right. Crazy. Yeah. But it really happened. It, it really happened. And, and also, they were semi-transparent. In other words, you could see, you could see things through them, but they did, they did seem to have a sort of three-dimensional quality. Was there any attendant flash or other phenomena that accompanied their coming and going? As far as their coming goes, I was woken up by my mom and she. So you wouldn't know? So I wouldn't know. As far as they're going, no, they just sort of left and they just sort of drifted off. God, that's a weird story. I, you, you've got to wonder if occasionally there's not a kind of a slip in the space-time continuum. I very much believe that. I very much think that's what happened. And more than being spirits sort of that are walking around this world. I wonder if I didn't just sort of see back in time or who knows. And the, the odd thing is my mom's dead now. She died of cancer. Um, but shortly before she died, I brought it up to her. And uh, I mean, everything is exactly described as far as her memory and my memory goes. There may be coloring there, certainly from 
you know, my, my youth. But uh, but your mom recalls it as you did. Absolutely. Oh, that's a weird one, sir. That's a weird one. I really appreciate your call. Yeah, well, thank you for taking that right. show. Thank you. Uh, there you are. I've heard of these things before. There are more strange things <laughs> than is. all the grains of sand in the beaches of wor- <laughs> world. <laughs> beaches of worlds. Oh, he's tying it back into those beaches. I was going to get it right, and then Chris laughed and screwed me up. <laughs> there are more strange events that happen on this earth than the grains of sand in all the beaches of the world. There you go. That is pretty good. That's pretty, pretty coherent. Yeah. Pretty coherent. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that story, though. Classic Art Bell, man. Gotta love that guy. Yeah, it's a great one. And it, it relates to the experience that Jared had, I feel like. Especially well, the vibe of the party. I yeah. mean, it was the inverse, because this is like a party. You still that have was, a group of unknown entities looking in on you. Exactly. That's what's interesting. And he just goes and tucks him in. You know, Jared's, so it was weird. like, she's sleeping. But either way, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Obviously, different sort of phenomenon, because Jared's was like shadow figures coming, would seem like a light portal. You and, know what? In Jared's story, I was thinking it was like, they might have been sinister, mm. but I, I think about it again, it may have just been like, shh, don't wake him up. Yeah. yeah. Not like an evil maybe with, thing. without malintent. Yeah, just sort of like, be quiet, he's sleeping. Yeah, maybe they're just passing maybe, through. You know, it could mm-hmm. be. I mean, I've heard so many stories about people have really strange experiences that happen in their house and then they find out, you know, there's a thousand orbs and they take pictures. They find out that their home is some sort of like nexus point for spiritual or interdimensional travel. Oh, right. It could be that his bedroom just happened to be like one of these entrance exit points that's probably so, the like, case they just there's like a guy who's like in control of this doorway he's like shh he's sleeping go ahead if you will all look to your left we have a jared sleeping comfortably <laughs> in his that's what it, it just seems like people passing through a dimensional space <laughs> right. where maybe his bedroom just happened yeah. to be some sort of gateway sounds into. like a human zoo maybe he's gonna create something spectacular these are time travelers just opening a window for a moment shh, there he is that's jared yeah. He sounds like an exhibit, you know, like looking in like, yeah. stay quiet. We can all get a peek at the Jared. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, a lot of, a lot of options Since here, but interesting. Seven-year-old human, they call him. <laughs> well, so I think that's our last story today. For today, there's a zillion more in the hole. So we'll definitely be doing more and more and more strange stories. Yes. Yeah, this will be a thing. So uh, for our new patrons, thank you. Uh, we're going to hold off reading names until the next episode so we can get this episode out faster to you, you mean guys. new expansion members? Yes, for all the new expansion ears. Yeah, for anyone interested in uh, getting bonus episodes, we have over 30 plus expansion episodes, which are more than that now. Well, expansion episodes. We have 30 something and then plus. Plus the the off the cuffs and then the live streams and and the first six episodes. Right, the archive first episodes. If you guys haven't heard We've got about like 40 things up there right now. Yeah, just. What is that, like 80 hours of stuff? Yeah, about that. Maybe a little bit more than that. You want the whole to continue to grow in your mind (laughs) and in your heart? uh, Help support the show. Yeah, double your beliefful fun on the days we release because you'll get two at the same time. Yeah. Thank you for everyone supporting us yeah. now. You guys make our world go round. Yes, you do. You really do. And don't forget, we have a P.O. box if you want to send in some, you know, fingernail clippings. Silver. Or... <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we actually haven't announced seeds. that. We announced that to our expansion members. We haven't announced it to the whole, oh, whole at large. Do we have the... Yeah, get your pencils and papers When was the last out. time you checked? It wasn't supposed to be somebody's... Two days ago. ago. Okay. Yeah, Lindsay. Where's that letter? <laughs> Lindsay Mavis. That's coming. Uh, just kidding. Um, Lindsay Maves. If anybody wants to say anything in, uh, you know, that's uh, not harmful or stinky, I said in the, stinky, in the expansion. Yeah. Maybe some like wax or honey or... Wax and honey I'll are two wax. great items to send in a P.O. Beaver box. Tail. Beaver tail. is number three on the list. Uh, please don't send a beaver tail. <laughs> I don't think about it. Okay. The address is... I'll take a beaver tail. P.O. Box 427, Clinton, Ohio, 44216. I'll put it in the show notes if anyone's interested in... Sending United something States. physical in the mail like they used to do in the old days. 
would be cool to have some snail fun. mail. Some snail mail. So whatever you like, yeah, as long as it's not gross or dangerous, you know? Yeah. So anyone interested, join us for this bonus episode this week. Go to our website, Beliefful.com, and click on the big red Join the Expansion button, or just go to expansion.beliefful.com. And we will see you guys there to get into even more of the strange and unusual. Get on in here with us. We want you. We need you. And until then, we'll see you next time on... The Beliefful. The Beliefful. The Beliefful.